Chapter Sixteen of Rinky Tink in Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Nickabob refuses a crown. Almost the first persons that Zella saw when she landed from the silver-lined boat at Ragos were her father and mother. Nickabob and his wife had been greatly worried when their little daughter failed to return from Corrigos, so they had set out to discover what had become of her. When they reached the city of Regos that very morning, they were astonished to hear the news of all the strange events that had taken place. Still, they found comfort when told that Zella had been seen in the boat of Prince Inga, which had gone to the north. Then, while they wondered what this could mean, the silver-lined boat appeared again, with their daughter in it, and they ran down to the shore to give her a welcome and many joyful kisses. Inga invited the good people to the palace of King Goss, where he conferred with them as well as with Rinkitink and Bilbil. "'Now that the king and queen of Regos and Corrigos have run away,' he said, there is no one to rule these islands, so it is my duty to appoint a new ruler. And, as Nicobob, Zealous father, is an honest and worthy man, I shall make him the king of the Twin Islands. Me? cried Nicobob, astounded by this speech. I beg your highness on my bended knee, do not be so cruel a thing as to make me a king. Why not? inquired Rinkitink. I am a king, and I know how it feels. I assure you, good Nicobob, that I quite enjoy my high rank, although a jeweled crown is rather heavy to wear in hot weather. With you, noble sir, it is different, said Nicobob, for you are far from your kingdom and its trials and worries, and may do as you please. But to remain in Regos as king over these fierce and unruly warriors would be to live in constant anxiety and peril, and the chances are that they would murder me within a month. As I have done no harm to anyone, and have tried to be a good and upright man, I do not think that I should be condemned to such a dreadful fate. Very well, replied Inga. We will say no more about your being king. I merely wanted to make you rich and prosperous, as I had promised Zella. "'Please forget that promise,' pleaded the charcoal burner earnestly. "'I have been safe from molestation for many years, because I was poor and possessed nothing that anyone else could envy. But if you make me rich and prosperous, I shall at once become the prey of thieves and marauders, and probably will lose my life in the attempt to protect my fortune.' Inga looked at the man in surprise. "'What, then, can I do to please you?' he inquired. "'Nothing more than to allow me to go home to my poor cabin,' said Nicobob. "'Perhaps,' remarked King Rinkitink, "'the charcoal burner has more wisdom concealed in that hard head of his than we give him credit for. But let us use that wisdom for the present.' to counsel us on what to do in this emergency. "'What you call my wisdom,' said Nicobob, "'is merely common sense. I have noticed that some men become rich, and are scorned by some and robbed by others. 
Other men become famous and are mocked at and derided by their fellows. But the poor and humble man, who lives unnoticed and unknown, escapes all these troubles, and is the only one who can appreciate the joy of living. If I had a hand instead of a cloven hoof, I'd like to shake hands with you, Nicobob, said Bilbil the goat. But the poor man must not have a cruel master, or he is undone. During the council they found, indeed, that the advice of the charcoal burner was both shrewd and sensible, and they profited much by his words. Inga gave Captain Buzz Buzz the command of the warriors, and made him promise to keep his men quiet and orderly, if he could. Then the boy allowed all of King Goss's former slaves, except those who came from Pingaree, to choose what boats they required, and to stock them with provisions and row away to their own countries. When these had departed, with grateful thanks and many blessings showered upon the boy prince who had set them free, Inga made preparations to send his own people home, where they were told to rebuild their houses and then erect a new royal palace. They were then to await patiently the coming of King Kitticut or Prince Inga. My greatest worry, said the boy to his friends, is to know whom to appoint to take charge of this work of restoring Pingaree to its former condition. My men are all pearl-fishers, and although willing and honest, have no talent for directing others how to work. While the preparations for departure were being made, Nicobob offered to direct the men of Pingaree, and did so in a very capable manner. As the island had been despoiled of all its valuable furniture and draperies and rich cloths and paintings and statuary and the like, as well as gold and silver and ornaments, Inga thought it no more than just that they be replaced by the spoilers. So he directed his people to search through the storehouses of King Goss and to regain all their goods and chattels that could be found. Also, he instructed them to take as much else as they required to make their new homes comfortable, so that many boats were loaded full of goods that would enable the people to restore Pingaree to its former state of comfort. For his father's new palace, the boy plundered the palaces of both Queen Cor and King Goss, sending enough wares away with his people to make King Kitticut's new residence as handsomely fitted and furnished as had been the one which the ruthless invaders from Regos had destroyed. It was a great fleet of boats that set out one bright sunny morning on the voyage to Pingaree, carrying all the men, women, and children, and all the goods for refitting their homes. As he saw the fleet depart, Prince Inga felt that he had already successfully accomplished a part of his mission, but he vowed he would never return to Pingaree in person until he could take his father and mother there with him, unless indeed King Goss wickedly destroyed his beloved parents, in which case Inga would become the king of Pingaree, and it would be his duty to go to his people and rule over them. It was while the last of the boats were preparing to sail for Pingaree that Nicobob, who had been of great service in getting them ready, came to Inga in a thoughtful mood and said, Your Highness, my wife and my daughter, Zella, 
have been urging me to leave Regos and settle down in your island in a new home. From what your people have told me, Pingaree is a better place to live than Regos, and there are no cruel warriors or savage beasts there to keep one in constant fear for the safety of those he loves. Therefore, I have come to ask to go with my family in one of the boats. Inga was much pleased with this proposal, and not only granted Nicobob permission to go to Pingaree to live, but instructed him to take with him sufficient goods to furnish his new home in a comfortable manner. In addition to this, he appointed Nicobob general manager of the buildings and of the pearl fisheries until his father or he himself arrived, and the people approved this order because they liked Nicobob and knew him to be just and honest. Soon as the last boat of the great flotilla had disappeared from the view of those left at Regos, Inga and Rinkitink prepared to leave the island themselves. The boy was anxious to overtake the boat of King Goss, if possible, and Rinkitink had no desire to remain in Regos. Buzzub and his warriors stood silently on the shore and watched the black boat with its silver lining depart, and I am sure they were as glad to be rid of their unwelcome visitors as Inga and Rinkitink and Bilbil were to leave. The boy asked the White Pearl what direction the boat of King Goss had taken, and then he followed after it, rowing hard and steadily for eight days without becoming at all weary. But although the black boat moved very swiftly, it failed to overtake the barge, which was rowed by Queen Cor's forty picked oarsmen. End of chapter 16